the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Welcome to the Instructor Podcast. As always, I am your splendid host, Terry Cook, and I'm delighted to be here and even more delighted that you have chosen to listen. This is the show where we speak to leaders, experts, innovators and game changers to look at ways you can improve your driving school and maybe become an even more awesome driving instructor. And today is no different. Today we're joined by Amanda Lane. Now, Amanda is the Head of Driver Testing and Training Policy at the DVSA. And she's joined us to talk about their new campaign around the Are You Ready campaign, the new part of that that is encouraging parents to take up private practice with their, their kids or guardians to take up private practice with their kids. And we talk about the whole spectrum, including the bits that I am a fan of and the bits that I'm not a fan of. And if you hang about to the end, you'll also hear, she's a little bit cheeky when it comes to a music selection, but uh, hang about to the end of the show to find that out. But I am grateful, you know, for the DVSA joining us. They don't have to. And you may not agree with everything they've got to say, but it's great that they're actually coming out and taking these questions and going out into a public forum and giving you guys a chance to listen to what they've got to say, whether you agree or not. It's great that we've got a bit more communication there. But before we dive into the episode... I just want to say a big thank you for listening, and it would be great if you could give this show a share. So wherever you're listening to it, go and share it in your local WhatsApp groups, your local associations, social media. We're doing great numbers this season. I'd love to do even more, and it's massively helped when it's shared by someone else rather than just me. So please take a moment to go and share that. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can leave me a nice little five-star review. You can leave that on Facebook or on Apple, or you can even just send me a message and then I'll read them out at the end of the show. Speaking of which, if you hang about to the end of the show, you'll hear me read out my latest review. And it's a lovely little one as well. So hang about to the end of the show for that. But for now, let's get stuck in. And today on the Instructor Podcast, I am joined by the DVSA's Head of Driver Testing and Training Policy, Amanda Lane. How are we doing, Amanda? Morning. Hi, Terry. Good, thank you. Thank you for inviting us along today. No, delighted to have you on. Have I described that right? Head of Driver Testing and Training Policy. That's correct, yes. Excellent. Probably should have checked that before we started recording, shouldn't I? <laughs> but either way, um, I do want to ask you about that in a second, but the, the first question I'd like to ask everyone when they come on the show is uh, the tagline for this podcast is I speak to experts, leaders, innovators, and game changers. So I'm just wondering which category or categories you would put yourself into. Mm, that's a really good question, isn't it? And I don't know, a little bit of most of them. So I'd like to think that, um, you know, a little bit of an expert. We don't all know everything. Um, there's always somebody that knows a bit more and we can't store that information. So we can't be that, that great at everything. I'm an innovator. It's always good, isn't it, to bring in new things that, you know, make a change and develop our, our future. Um, so, yeah, a, a bit of both, really. Um, and a leader. I like to lead the team, I, you know, lead change, lead you know anything that's going to be good really so um so yeah a bit, cool. a bit of all three good answer i like it uh, no one's asked me that question yet so i'm, I'm kind of dreading the day someone returns that back <laughs> on me but um but as i said you are the head of driver testing and training policy so i'm just wondering if we could start off by you telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what that role entails yeah sure so um 
so I'll give you a little bit of the background to how I came to um, to be in this role. So I joined the DVSA back in 2011 as a driving examiner down in Yeovil in the southwest. Um, I did that for a few years, really enjoyed it. Prior to that, I was um, a driving instructor myself. So I've got, you know, um, an insight into that. And, and that's a role I did really enjoy. Um, but during my time as a driving instructor, I got to know some of the driving examiners and, you know, the conversations came up about becoming an examiner. And I thought, well, you know, the adverts came out, why not give it a go? And um, so I did. And I've never looked back. Um, so that was back in 2011. I worked as a driving examiner for quite a few years and then I went on to become the local driving test manager, but that was down on the south coast, down in Bournemouth and Poole. Um, did that for a few years, that was really good. Developed on from that to be the operational delivery manager for the south coast, so under the M4 and around the M4, um, leading all the, the driving instructors and the teams. And um, sorry, driving examiners and the teams. And then from um, there, I joined the policy team a couple of years ago as the policy technical standards manager. That was great. And it was, it was a really good um, look into the business and what goes on behind the driving test of all categories. Um, got to meet lots of great people, lots of different um, industries and things. Um, and in my time of that, in gaining that experience, I then progressed on to become the head of driver testing and training policy. And that's where I am today. I've only been in the job a few months, so I'm learning quickly on my feet. Um, so, uh, but I am, from, from the last few months I've done, I've really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, I'm enjoying working with everybody and, and learning lots of new things. So just regarding that role then, what, what is your role? What does that entail? That's a good question. <laughs> Every day is very different. So lots of different things, really. I sit in quite a few meetings, but as, as an expert advisor, really. So, um, you know, you'll sit in meetings around different processes, different changes, and, and you'll give your advice and your opinions around how that will affect the driving test. Um, I'm also very lucky. I work with other government departments, including um, CCAV, which is the Centre for Connected Autonomous Vehicles, and they're the people that are looking into the future technology of, um, of cars. And so we look at how that will impact us in driving tests. So, and, and then just looking at the driving test and all the processes and procedures that go on behind it, how we can, um, you know, change some of the basic process behind a driving test that, that our customers will never see, but it does impact our driving examiners. So we could just tidy up some of those processes and make it a little bit easier for them to give them a bit more time back in their day and that sort of thing. So it really, it, if somebody said to me, write down 10 things you do, I could probably write down 50 things I do. And <laughs> no day is ever the same, but it is really, really interesting. And um, yeah, I, I get to meet lots and lots of different people and um, yeah, get out and, and help people understand, you know, what we do and, and also to, you know, understand how our services impact others. Cool. Well, the big thing we've got you on to talk about today is the, the latest campaign or latest adjustments to that campaign, if you like, which is um, looking more at parents and how we can help parents work with instructors and work with their the, the kids that learn as well. But before we dive into that, I'm just curious around the examiner side of it because I had Graham O'Brien on a few weeks back, um, assistant chief driving examiner, if I remember that correctly. Yeah, that's um, correct. <laughs> proud of myself now um but yeah he was i was intrigued by that because i think that i would be too scared to be an examiner as we're recording this now i've got a lesson tomorrow with someone who's a new student to me and they've told me they can drive so it's going to be like an assessment lesson and that makes me nervous 
And it's like, I can start off just by saying, well, let's go to Edit Road, turn left, and then pull up. But as an examiner, you don't always have that opportunity. So I'm just wondering, sort of for your take on that, how did, did you find it scary? How did you find it? Yeah, I don't know if I'd use the phrase scary. I suppose it's um, a little bit unknowing. Um, but I think also that that does, um, you know, bring some interest into the job because you just don't know who you're going to get in a car with you don't know you can't prejudge and 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 anything so right from the minute you know you ask them to move off at the start of the test you you know we're looking and observing and and gaining that experience as we go so I I don't think I I don't think I've ever been scared um you know I've had some interesting tests (laughs) that have um, that have brought their own challenges but but you know that's that's what it's about isn't it and and just you know, we've got a standard and as instructors you know you know the standard that we need to reach but we do get other people come up for tests that maybe don't understand the same standard that's expected um and so those drives you know are very different so yeah I don't think I've ever been scared I, I've always really enjoyed the job I've enjoyed to meet different people um you know and and, and different backgrounds and things so yeah yeah it's a difficult one isn't it but not scared I feel quite um you know energized by it I suppose really (laughs) the idea of it terrifies me especially (laughs) um uh, maybe I've I've got used to having dual controls but especially the idea of getting someone that comes up in the private car without dual controls that no um makes me nervous (laughs) just thinking about it but you're you're still uh, do some exams occasionally now don't you is that right yeah, I do some. Um, I've done some quite a lot of Saturday testing since we stood back up services after the pandemic to help with the backlog. Um, so, and I really enjoy it. I, I enjoy to get out on a Saturday and, and meet the customers, and you know, talk to the ADIs in the car park and have a chat with them and things. So, um, it keeps me. Um, you know, focused on what is going on out and about with our driving examiners, the challenges they face. Um, you know, I can catch up with instructors and find out the challenges they're facing at the time. Um, so, yeah, it just gives me a bit of first-hand knowledge, really. And, and I just enjoy it. I enjoy, I enjoy going out and doing a, a few tests and, yeah, catching up with, you know, the, the people that are <laughs> very keen for a licence and, um, yeah, hearing what's going on out there. Do any of the the people, uh, the, the the students getting the test, do any of those um, know your role at DVSA or do they just know you're an examiner? Uh, they just know me as an examiner. So, you know, I come out and call the name and, and off we go. So to them, you know, I, I quite often get asked the question, you know, do you do this all week? And I think, oh, do I say yes or no? <laughs> so quite often I'll say, well, quite a bit of the week, but, you know, the other parts of the week, you know, I do some policy work and things. So try and, yeah, play it down really. Because it's, it's, you don't definitely don't want to add any further pressure to them. So, yeah, no, I, I don't, don't share that really. No, I just, uh, I know a few of my learners over the past six years, uh, if, if they'd have known, and they've been passed by uh, the head of driver t- t- training, <laughs> and they're like, "Yes, well, I must have been better than you." For <laughs> um, just, just on, sort of one last question around uh, the the exam side of it, then, and from your perspective, you've obviously will have had uh, students come in uh, with an instructor and students that have come in uh, are private runners. Yep. Do you notice a difference in mindset between the two? You know, is one more confident than the other, or is it just a mixed bag? It is a real mixed bag. To be honest, um, I think you can sometimes tell those that have done a lot of private practice um, because just because they just appear more confident in the car, they're, they're that bit more relaxed. You can see, you know, with anything, anything we do continuously becomes, you know, rote and habit and that sort of thing. Whereas anything that's quite new to any of us, um, like talking on a podcast, you can be that bit, you know, nervous or more aware. So I, th- I think with the private runners that 
that have been driving to college or school or or to work and those sort of things regularly and if they come up in their own cars they're in their own comfortable surroundings but you couldn't generally say one was any more than the other between you know those that come up in their own cars and those that come up with instructors and I suppose because I quite often work Saturdays what I suppose I get is quite a few that have had a lot of instructor input but maybe their instructor's not free on the Saturday so they're then coming up in their own car so you know it's difficult to judge in that sense where they've got their practice from really but yeah I think I think it's like anything isn't it if you come up in your own surroundings you're a little bit more confident because it's what you know and what you've been used to really so yeah Uh, and you mentioned private practice so and that's something that the DVSA is talking about a lot at the minute publicly um, through your social media channels so do you want to just tell us a little bit about the latest campaign that you're putting out through November yeah, so what we're doing is we we have the Ready to Pass campaign, which has been launched. And on the back of that, we're um, launching the um, information about um, supervising learner driver guidance. And that's on gov.uk. Um, and that's, that's aimed at parents, friends, family, people that are going to go and supervise a learner. Um, and it's to, so we're encouraging instructors to share this information. And the reason for that is we, we want it to support the work the instructors are doing as well so you know we have the information to say in in some survey work we did that the instructors you know how confident they were feeling about talking to parents and things about the learners being ready to take their tests and so we're hoping that this campaign now will give instructors a bit more confidence to have those conversations and to be able to address the conversation with the parents about when the candidates are either ready for um, for private practice, um, you know, how, when, when are people ready? As, as a parent who doesn't, you know, maybe do uh, practice at that time, as a, as a learner, you might be quite keen to get in your parents' car and tell them you're all great, but it turns out you've only driven to the end of the road and back and you're now, you know, in the middle of a roundabout. So it's good that instructors are having those conversations with parents and supervising drivers because they can ensure that, you know, the levels are correct, that, they're only being supervised you know when they're ready to be supervised away from the instructor sort of thing so that that's what we're trying to get at is you know when is the right time for a learner to start some private practice um you know can the parent or supervising driver sit with in a lesson and have a look and and then also they can pick up you know the skills from the instructors have a look at what they're doing and and take away because we're not all born teachers um you know and and so some people are a lot better at than others and and some people might expect the learner to get in the car and know everything whereas an instructor knows you've got to work out where they are what they need to learn and, and what input they need if they can observe lessons that's great it helps you know it helps them and it helps the instructor and it means that everybody's on a bit more of a level playing field going forward and then also um there's more information on the site um about uh, a learner record so the the driving instructor and the candidate supervising drivers can keep up a learning record so that they can be aware of um you know where they are and, and the progress that's being made so uh, the campaign is is about helping parents and supervising drivers to to be in the right place to help those learners so the learners get the best out of that private practice um, and that that's really you know what it's aimed at but on the back of that we've put some information onto gov.uk for the supervisors to make sure that they fit the correct criteria because what is really important is that they you know that the 
that person is legal to do what they're doing. So they're over 21, three years of, you know, holding their own license. So they do hold the license in a category that they're they're um, supervising. So if you only hold an automatic car license, you can only supervise an automatic. So it's things like that. It's things that we were fed back that people didn't know or weren't sure of. So we thought, you know, we'll put this guidance together and put it out there and then people can have a read of it and um, just check that they're, you know, complying with what they need to comply with, really. And then everyone gets the best out of it. I think that the the guidance you put out um, is really thorough. Uh, I like that that part of it a lot. I was uh, read that the other day, and I read it again this morning in preparation for this. And I mean, maybe there's something I've missed potentially, but I was reading from like this is really good. I can't spot anything that's missing. Uh, there was a segment on there even about motorways. I think saying that you can't, you know, do it unless you have an instructor sort of thing. I think. Um, and then I looked at the uh, uh, the logbook where you can track what your learners are doing online, the one that you produce. And I thought that was pretty comprehensive as well. Not necessarily breaking down everything into its minute detail, but like a lot of categories are covered and motorways were on there as well. I think my only concern there was it just said motorways. And I wonder if a parent that sees that logbook but doesn't read the guidance then is starting to assume that they can do motorway lessons. So is will you be talking about going forward about the things online about what parents can and can't do as well yeah yeah we will be putting out more um more guidance and information out there to to help parents and you're right the the moto one is is um an interesting one isn't it because quite often we read headlines don't we and the headline said you know learners now allowed on motorways so if you're and we're a couple of years down the line from that so if you're suddenly a, a parent's going to go well I remember reading to say we can go on the motorways and off they go so it is key that we're putting out that information as well to parents to make sure or supervising um drivers just to make sure that they're aware that 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 can't happen and that you know the, the restrictions around that so um so yeah it's a really good question it is about making sure that we do get the, the guidance out there that is correct and if we've got um you know little areas like that that may still be gray after all this time then actually what do we need to do to go back out and make sure people are aware so it is out there and it is clear but as we all know we sometimes just glance read don't we rather than read in depth so is it something we need to bring a bit more to the forefront um so yeah that's 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 good thank you terry but i do like the fact that it's on that logbook that record of the people's progress that you produce because that it almost gives more weight to us as instructors when we're talking about having uh, motorway lessons and I do think and I know I've said this on previous podcasts as well but I'd, it's one thing I like about this I it's past campaign it does feel like it's supporting and backing up instructors now I do also know that there's some instructors that will listen to that and disagree with but that's that's my thoughts but just touching back on that for a second with the motorways I, I do think it's great that it's on there because it's backing us up and it, it's something that I've only really over the past year or so been you know encouraging my students more to do I've always just viewed it like as an add-on but now I thought, well, you're not a complete driver unless you can do these motorways. So I think that it's it's the fact that it's on that progress uh, progress report for the, the students that you you guys produce, I think it is a good thing. Was that part of the idea to encourage them to have motorway lessons? I think all, all range of um, practice is very good. So, you know, the bigger 
the bigger, the more experienced learners can get before they get to taking their test and becoming. And it's not all about taking the test. It's about driving safely for the rest of their lives. And that is key. That's what's really important to me. And it was when my own children learned to drive. It wasn't about them passing their test. It was me giving them as much experience as I could out and about on as many different road types, traffic conditions and everything else so that they felt confident when they had passed their test to go out on their own. And, and I, as a parent, I could sit here fairly confident that I'd done the best I could um, in, in trying to ensure they're safe. And obviously, we, we never know, you know, children will be children. Um, but, you know, you like to think that you've done everything you can to give them the best knowledge. So if that includes motorways, you know, that that's really good. And, and any um, experience they can get is, is great. I, I live in quite a rural area. It's, it's quite bendy roads, 60 mile an hour roads this time of year with the leaves down, the wet, you know, the dark. So to me, that was really important for my own children at the time, because that to me was where the risks were. But I also live near to the 303. So we've been up and down, you know, the dual carriageway and did all that as well. We live a good hour from a motorway. So that's the difficulty is, is with motorways is we'd encourage everybody that lives near them to definitely be out practicing on them with their instructors where they can. Um, but it is the difficulty with motorways is that not everybody has access to yeah. them. And in fact, if you live down the ends of Cornwall, you're probably th- <laughs> two and a half hours for a motorway. But but some of these dual carriageways nowadays actually face more challenges because you can have tractors and slow moving vehicles and things on dual carriageways. And yet, you know, the speed limit, the national speed limit's the same. So and it's only two lanes. So they come sometimes with a lot more challenge. Um, so, yeah, any any practice on any different types of roads is always good and um, you know if you've got the opportunity to go on motorways with your instructors then you know that that's a good thing to do because if you live near them it's likely you're going to use them yeah I had an interesting conversation with a, a student recently who was they were talking about the test it was a sort of newish student she was asking questions about the test and said that they're not going to ask me to do a 70 on the test are they I'm like well you go on this dual carriageway you might do but you know we were talking about it and saying that in one of the areas that i cover on the test you there's only one dual carriageway that and it you'll only be on it for five minutes maximum because that's how long the dual carriageway is so if you can do motorways and you can go and do two hours on a motorway doing 70 then five minutes on a 70 mile an hour dual carriageway isn't going to feel much and oh yeah yeah, let's do that then. Um, but anyway, like we were saying there, this campaign is sort of targeted towards parents and guardians and, and people supervising lessons. What? Why is that? Why have you decided to to, to target that area? Well, the, the information we received back after doing the um, the ADI uh, working with dry instructor survey, um, you know, that the, they they felt that the parents have quite a lot of influence and also the the work we've done with um, candidates and the surveys we sent out to them, the information coming back from them is that their parents play a huge part in their learning to drive journey. Um, And so it's, um, you know, how do we support that? How do we make sure that the people that are giving that advice and guidance and actually quite often are paying for the lessons, not always, but, you know, it does happen. You know, what do we do to support them so that they're getting, you know, the best advice um, out there? So that's why we thought, you know, that the, the Ready to Pass campaign has been really good. It's launched really well. The instructors are working really well with it and promoting it well. So what more can we do? Well, let's actually go out now and ask instructors to talk to parents, you know, um, have those conversations about private practice. Private practice is, is always good. Any practice for anything we do is, is always good. Um, you know, so private practice, 
some instructors feel under pressure by the student wanting to take their test when they're not ready. So actually, this is also information for the parents and instructors to help them work together to have those conversations about a candidate not being ready for a test. And, and maybe they you know, could think about moving it back a bit. Um, and, and it's just those, you know, a toolkit of materials to help those conversations, really. Um, and, and that's why it's important is your parents have a big influence. Um, instructors have a big influence. So it's, it's helping the three people, the learner, the instructor and, and the parent or, or, you know, supervising driver or, you know, whoever that guardian is to, um, you know, to have those conversations and to get the best for the learner because they're the, they're the important person at the end of the day they're at the center of all this and what can we do to best support them uh, what we don't want to do is you know people feel pressure to come up for tests or bring people for tests that aren't ready because that's putting so much extra pressure on those learners to come you know to come we all know don't we going into something that you're not ready for you're not confident with you're already on a back foot and you already know that when you turn up for it and that could be an exam or anything and a driving test is the same if you turn up for a driving test and you don't feel ready and you don't you know you're automatically in your mind thinking well I don't know that I should be here today I don't feel ready um, and then you won't perform at your best because you haven't come into it with that confidence so that's what all this is about it's about just helping the instructors the parents and the the candidates the learners to all work together to make sure that when they come up for their test you know they feel confident to be there and and ready to pass so i'm just taking a slight pause in the show to give a shout out to our latest sign ups to the instructor podcast premium and they are julie dlg and charlene thomas i'm afraid i can't be any more specific with julie and dlg because that's what they've signed up as but Big thank you to you free and all my other premium subscribers. I really appreciate the fact that you are supporting the show and that you want a bit more. Those guys have access to all the exclusive shows. I think there's about 70 over there now, 70 exclusive shows. And what's even better is I now have internet installed back in my flat so I can really crack back on with producing that extra content. But not just that. Anyone that signs up to the Instructor Podcast Premium throughout November will have their sign-up fee donated to the Big Learner Relay. So whether you sign up to the £2 tier or the £10 tier, that fee for November will go to the Big Learner Relay. If you sign up for an annual subscription where you get a 16% discount, November's portion of that will go to the Big Learner Relay. So if you're considering signing up, now's the perfect time to do it. And if you sign up and decide you don't like it, well, you can cancel your membership. You don't have to stay longer than that. You've got some great audio and you've donated to the Big Learner Relay as well. So make sure you check that out. And the best place to do it is www.theinstructorpodcast.com. But you can also check it out in the show notes, the direct link over there. But for now, let's dive back into the episode. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to have a sort of a sneak peek at some of the stuff you were putting out. And one of the things we were talking about there was the fact that a lot of the time it's parents pressuring the 17-year-old to take the test. And that phrase that comes up a lot is um, just take it, you know, let's see see how you do, or you'll learn to pass, uh, sorry, learn to drive once you pass. Those sort of phrases come up a lot. So it's part of the idea as well to target that mentality of the parents to take the pressure then off the learner as well 
Yeah, and you can understand why parents, um, you know, feel that way. You know, if you lived where, you know, I live in a rural area, the, the public transport is really poor. Um, you know, so when the children get jobs, you're running them around, you're giving them lifts, you're here, there and everywhere with them because there's no other way for them to travel. And so you can understand the, the why parents would add that bit more pressure onto the candidates because the quicker they get past, the quicker that takes some of the responsibility for them. So, yeah, this is about helping parents to understand that, you know, adding that pressure or, or what have you isn't good for the candidate and actually when they come to take their test and how important that driving test is and what it actually means. So, you know, we are going to give that candidate when they pass a license and that's a license to drive absolutely anywhere at any time of day. Um, you know, we need to understand that that they're going to be able to do that. And as a parent, they're the people that can see that and have got an input into that. So it's just trying to help people understand it's not just about taking the test and and that, yeah, and we do hear that, you know, just give it a go. I, I wouldn't send my kids for a driving test just to have a go. I'd send them to go and take their test knowing that I felt confident that after that test, they could go out on the roads and, and drive to the best of their ability. Um, you know, so that's what it was about really was trying to change that mentality and, and help people understand the importance of it and, and how important taking a driving test is and what it means, what the outcome of that actually means. You know, we're putting our most precious people in the whole world <laughs> into yeah. a car to go out and drive on their own in all sorts of conditions you know we need to make sure that they're you know confident and able and got the skills and the knowledge and understanding to do that safely i had uh, an interesting conversation with a, a lad's dad once who, who said that specific thing about you know let him take the test he'll probably fail but you know at least he'll have the experience of a test and uh, i put it back to him well what if he passes what if he flukes it and passes you're telling yeah. me he's not ready to drive, but you're willing to then let him go and drive on the road unsupervised, you know, and you could yeah. see he's, he struggled to comprehend that one. But the, that's the big thing I like about what's coming up about this part of the campaign. It's it's tackling the mindset and the knowledge side of it. I really do think that's important. As someone that, you know, works with learners every day, um, uh, that's the biggest problem I see. It's not the skill of other road users, it's the attitude. Uh, there's, in my experience, there's very few road users that can actually not stop and start a car or that can't stay around a roundabout. It's uh, the attitude of, well, I don't think this road should be 20, so I'm going to do 30. You know, and I think that it's that mindset of the parents that then transfers over. So I think that's a, a really good aspect of it. I do have a slight concern around the the emphasis that's being put on um, of, of parents helping their, their, their kids. Uh, and, and the reason I mentioned that, and I think this affects me particularly, 17 to 20 isn't generally my student bracket. And I, I really don't know why this is. My average age of student is 25. <laughs> but I also work where I live. I live on the border between Leeds and Bradford, and I work in some parts of Bradford that are quite, you know, deprived. And... I have students that come to me, and, and one in particular I think of when I say this, he was specifically learning to drive to get away from his parents. Okay. So they want nothing to do with it. So I'm just wondering if there is there is a risk that we're running, you know, the risk of potentially alienating some people by putting that much emphasis on that. Yeah, and we wouldn't want to um, we want to alienate any anybody, to be honest. And I and I don't understand where you're coming from. I suppose with this, it's it's aimed so we're aiming it mainly at instructors at this point for them to share with the parents. So I suppose an instructor spends a lot of time in a car with the learner and 
you know, would get quite often comes to understand them and their background and some general knowledge about them. So I suppose the instructor would know which which um, learners they have these conversations with and promote this material to rather than others. And you're right, you know, not everybody um is even still living at home some people are married and all sorts of things you know where I test down in the over we've got quite a few people that are in their sort of 30s and 40s now that have moved out of London due to the pandemic and things and have moved down to the countryside and you know and, and now need to learn to drive because as they've noticed the three buses aren't sufficient compared to what they used to so you know so you're right you know not everyone's in that situation so this is this is a campaign aimed at the people at the moment you know that do fit into you know that are younger our younger learners that are living at home or, or uh, you know are influenced by their parents so it's just one group of people that we're you know looking at in this it doesn't mean that we won't look at other groups going forward but this is our largest group and from the surveys and things we've done this is the information we've got back so because of that it's, it's an area now that we felt that we could address and, and it was you know it was necessary to address it and to to give some you know the instructors the support and the advice they needed as well as the learners so so yeah it's not all it doesn't just because we've launched it and it's launched to parents um, it doesn't mean that one others can't use it but also that everybody has to use it you know so we're, we're you know looking to the instructors to, to use it to support their discussions and things going forward so yeah and I think that's great you know like I said I think the the guardianship off the parents is really good um I, I am someone and I've admitted this on the podcast before that I you know years ago would was a bit standoffish with parents and it's only been the past few years kind of over the the pandemic really when I was interacting with my students but not able to teach them because we were on lockdown uh, that I've actually got more involved in that side of it and what I tend to find is most of the people that I work with the parents don't want to take them out for whatever reason <laughs> but they're quite keen on helping them in other ways so they're talking to them about stuff and what I'm finding is that I'm then having conversations with the parents and the parents then backing up what I'm saying so I think it's important as instructors that yes whilst you know not everything that you do as the the dvsa is going to be what we want it's important that we you know work with our learners as well and i think the the other example here will be uh the 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 texts that are going out to students coming towards a test you know i'm not a big fan of the fact that they get in text saying your test center has this pass rate because you know i've had a it's only happened once admittedly but the student that come to me that said my test center's got a like 44 percent pass rate does this mean i'm more likely to fail than pass and it's like well i, I get why you're saying that but no because if you're ready you should pass and i can see similar conversations that my mum and dad can't take me out am i less likely to pass and i feel like i'm on a bit of a monologue here so apologies but i think that it's important for us as instructors to have that conversation say, well, you might not be getting the extra experience for your parents, but we can still get you up to a, a good standard. And, you know, to quote Spock, you know, the needs for the many outweigh the needs of the few. So there we go. Um, 106 episodes in, and that's the first time I've caught, quoted Spock. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, there, is there a concern on your part, or is it something you've considered that by doing this, there's a risk of reducing the need for driving instructors no not at all and I think that's why a lot of the work we've done is around supporting instructors and um, you know putting the information out there to, to learners to 
to help them, um, you know, we encourage them to look for their local instructor and, and the benefits of having an instructor. So, no, not at all. I, I don't think, you know, we're not we're not trying to move um, learners from having professional lessons to private practice at all. What we're trying to do is to bring two things together so that they work better together, so that the learner gets the best outcome. Um, you know, private practice has always happened and people have always had professional driving lessons, but they haven't always merged very well. And, and you're right. I mean, I, I did, uh, as a driving instructor, I picked up many candidates from outside their house and dropped them back and never met their parents at all in all that time. And actually, back in that time, I, I didn't feel that, that was the thing to do you know you just pick them up you went and did the lesson you dropped them back and that was that and, and now reflecting on that you know I think no the, the parents really you know did need to understand where we were and what we were doing and and and, and that sort of thing within that so no not to I think this is just about in making sure that that private practice is beneficial and is working with the instructor because what you don't want to do as an instructor is do loads of really good work and then a candidate go out with their parents all weekend and, and undo some of that great work. So by working together, um, you can ensure that when they are out, you know, driving themselves to work and things, their parents are still watching and, and being aware of the things they need to be aware of. So, so no, not all. It is about just bringing it all together so that everybody gets the best from it. And, and I think that's one of the ways in which you are backing us up at the minute in, in the sense of, you know, if I get a student that goes out with their, their parents, they come back and the, the regular thing that they're either missing the mirror checks or they're suddenly starting to signal to go around park cars or whatever it is, um, I can actually refer back to some of the stuff that you're putting out now. So occasionally it's been, well, you're just trying to earn more money by having more lessons sort of thing. I can actually refer back to saying, no, actually the governing body is saying this. Um, the, the other thing I just kind of want to mention around that is, I have been looking at some of the posts. I've been going out and looking at some of the comments. And uh, this is where instructors start switching this podcast off now because they, they amuse me greatly. In the, the, I forget the post, but there was one in particular where there were people agreeing or disagreeing with, with the post and therefore criticising the DVSA. But people were also agreeing with the post but still disagreeing with the DV, uh, still criticizing the DVC, saying they should have done it earlier. And I'm like, well, that's a no-win situation. But what would you say to driving instructors that are particularly negative about this this uh, this new campaign? Um, I suppose to take the time to you know have a read of it, to digest it, and to see how it could benefit them and their business. Um, you know, nothing. We're not. We're not. We don't look to put anything out to cause controversy, really. And I and I understand what you're saying about people seeing the negative in things and then so and not every campaign will suit everybody but there's parts within a campaign that probably will so sometimes it's a case of having a look at it and and pulling it apart and taking the bits from it that will benefit you and your business and instructor so you know it, that's what's important to it is is to see what what's within that 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 suits you as a person and not everybody teaches the same you know not everybody runs the business the same so what is it within that campaign that can support the instructor and their business and their candidates so and um, their learners so that's that's what I would say really is you know I understand about the negativity but you know give it a chance and, and and have a look at it and see if there's anything in there at all that that could benefit you you know it might be the top headlines don't but if you dig deeper into it there could quite well be something in there that would you know would be of benefit that you could print out show your learners show the parents you know even just share the link to the site you know and as an instructor 
for a learner to read that information then they're going to have quite a good insight of what we we're looking at from the DVSA so then that does support what the instructors are telling their candidates or their learners because quite often the you know as you said before the learners are like, oh, just trying to get more money from me well these um, you know the ready to pass campaign is out there to help candidates understand why you know they need to be at the standard they need to be so it actually supports the instructor and, and the professional lessons because it's support we're all sort of saying the same thing so it helps and gives them the guidance that they can then share um, you know out and about with their, their learners to help them understand why they might say they need some more lessons. Yeah um, and to me that makes sense because I I've identified today that there's not everything about this campaign that I'm, you know, super uh, behind it. I mentioned the, the, I like the mindset. I like the, the knowledge side of it where you're promoting that. The, for me personally, the, the, the promotion of the, the parents taking their kids out isn't going to benefit me that much, but I just won't use it. I yeah. will promote the other side of it. And that doesn't mean that none of my parents take the students out because I do obviously work with some 17-year-olds and I've got some of the my older students that go out with their partners and stuff. So it's still going to be useful there. But there is a – I've mentioned my concern there, so I'm not going to keep banging that drum. But it's like I can still take the positives from it as well and, and utilise that. And I think that's that's the thing I like about this. Uh, I think there's something – there is stuff in there we can use. Um, there are a few other bits I want to talk – in fact, before I move on, is there anything else you would like to sort of speak around around that that campaign? Um, no, I don't think so. I think it's just a case of, you know, having a look at it, having a read of it, and, um, you know, promoting it with your learners and and, and especially the new um, information with parents and things. And, you know, and like you were just saying there, you you know for your demographic of um, learners you wouldn't need it at this time but you're aware of it and you know about it so if you did get some 17 year olds up you'd know where to go for it so sometimes it's just about familiarizing ourselves with what is available out there so that when we get you know somebody different or somebody of a different age then we can tap into the resources we need at that time so um yeah just yeah. have a look through it and and um cool yeah. Just a couple of bits I want, I want to touch on then before uh, I let you disappear, because um, I appreciate I've taken up a lot of your time already. And and this may be out of your remit, so if it is, then, uh, then please say so. Um, the fake highway codes, um, are you aware of these? Can you tell us any more about these, or what do we need to do if we come across them? Or... Um, I, I can't say that. I have read some information about it, but I'm not the expert on it. But there are some um, fake highway codes out there um disappointingly so uh, we have put some information out about how to um what to look for with the highway code um and just really to make sure you've got the most up-to-date version and you can do that by checking the online version so the online version is the most up-to-date version so if you've got a highway code just check that it mirrors that one um you know it's unfortunate that these things happen but um yeah it's more important that we make sure that the one we're working with is the current and up-to-date one and you can do that by checking online cool uh, and then another question i wanted to ask you um if i was to give you a magic wand now and you could make one change <laughs> to our industry what would it be oh that's a, well, that's a good question isn't it yeah, put you on the spot a little bit there yeah, but i'm interested yeah, no. to see um there's so many things to be honest there's there's some you know there is just so many things that we can do that benefits all of us um what would i do i don't know, I don't know. 
all learners, you know, being so ready for their tests that when they come up, I can issue pass certificates <laughs> to all of them. You know, that's you know, as somebody that's a driving exam, there's nothing better for me than doing a driving test and issuing a pass certificate because I know how much that means to the learner. So, you know, I take a lot away from that. So, yeah, if we can ma- wave a magic wand and everyone come up to test standard and we issue everyone with a pass, you know, that would be great. But um you know but, but then you know people have good days and bad days that's the other thing isn't it so we can bring up the best pupil for test that I've done as an instructor and then be unfortunate on the day um you know but yeah so yeah it's, it's a very um tricky one but um but yeah well, just meant, sorry you mentioned there about um the, the people passing I think if everyone was passing that waiting list would come down um is there any movement on that that waiting list you're aware of or um, yeah, it's, it is starting to um, come down. And I'll just very quickly um, make sure that I've got the right information to give you. Um, so, um, so we did have um, driving test centres with a waiting time of 24 weeks um, was at its highest was in over 100 centres. That's 100 centres whose waiting time was over 24 weeks. When we started this campaign, the Ready to Pass campaign, we're now in a position where it's down to 55 test centres across the country um, that are running waiting times of over 24 weeks. So we are seeing more availability coming into the, the back of our booking system, um, which is good news. And we are still working on it. Um, you know, we're still doing overtime. We're still bringing in recruiting examiners. Um, you know, we're still looking at all the different things we can do to keep increasing that throughput. So, you know, we haven't taken our foot off the pedal. We're still doing all we can. Um, and But we are seeing a, a tiny bit of light now at the end of the tunnel. Not in all areas, unfortunately, but it, but it has to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, from my personal experience with that, I'm not noticing a reduction in, in overall waiting times in my area. But what I am spotting is that there are more sort of random openings coming up more cancellations i don't know if that's a result of people seeing your stuff and being like actually i'm not ready i'm gonna move it or cancel whatever i don't know if that's a result of that or whether it's in you know finally sinking in that what we're saying to our students um but that i'm noticing a bit more sporadic openings so you know hopefully that that's a sign of something good to come yeah definitely and also when um we do um add in programs of overtime and things they can come in a lot sooner than the 24-week window so i i commit a couple of weeks ahead to work on a saturday because obviously you know um depends on what we're doing and but so that'll open a couple of weeks or two or three weeks before the saturday and so you know they're a bit more closer to the test date and things so um so yeah there's lots of reasons why but you you do see more sporadic tests you're right and, and hopefully you know the odd ones popping up here and there are people that have decided they're not quite ready and are moving the test back and and as we open up that availability towards the the further back in the booking window it gives people the opportunity to move them back um you know a bit more so it all it's all working well together and then hopefully it will continue to grow awesome so on a completely different topic now um i like to ask everyone that comes on the show nowadays to give me their ultimate driving songs what would your ultimate driving song be amanda (laughs) okay can i have two terry Oh, right. Go on, you, you want to. When I asked you this before we started, you were struggling <laughs> to find one. Yeah, I started, we're coming up to Christmas now. So normally it'd be nine to five for Dolly Parton because, um, you know, if you're driving home after work, that's just a great song, isn't it? It's really, you know, happy and jolly and, and everything. But as we push the first of November, it'd always be driving home for Christmas. It's got to be my all time favourite driving song. 
We'll, we'll add it on and I'll take it back off again in January. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come to a compromise. Um, but no, I, I do appreciate your time today. Um, is there any message you want to leave for, for driving instructors? Because there are currently hundreds, potentially thousands of instructors listening to this. Any message you want to give us all? Um, just a thank you, really. Thank you for all the work you're doing. Thank you for the, you know, the time and the support you're giving us on the Ready to Pass campaign. You know, keep, please keep using it, keep sharing it. Um, you know, and if if we can do, um, you know, anything further, then you know, get in contact and let us know. But you know, we are all making progress, and we're doing that by working together, and that's what's important. And do you want to take a moment just to tell people where they can uh, maybe find the stuff on the I Ready campaign or anything like that. So yeah, it's all on gov.uk. So are you ready to pass? And the information for um, for supervising learner drivers is again on gov.uk. So if you type in ready to pass DVSA, it will come up. Um, and the same with supervising learner drivers. Um, again, it's on gov.uk. But if you just type in supervising learner drivers DVSA, it, it will bring it up in the Google search. Just make sure you're on the gov.uk pages because people do like to put other things on there so um so yeah that's where it all is so please take time to have a look yeah i will link a link site in the show notes as well and uh, people can also go and check that out on my website theinstructorpodcast.com um but for now i just want to take a moment to uh, to thank you for joining me um I've set myself a new goal of getting someone on from the DVSA every season. So you are fulfilled season four. So thank you for that. It's been a pleasure speaking to you and meeting for you for the first time. So yeah, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for asking me. So big thank you to Amanda Lane for joining us there. Really enjoyed that interview, as I always do, to be fair, but really enjoyed that interview. And as I mentioned at the start of the show, I do think it's great. The DVSA are engaging and are willing to be a bit more public with some of this stuff. So that's that's awesome. And as always, I would love your feedback. So have a listen to the episode and let me know what you think. But I did promise you another one of my lovely little reviews, and today's review is from previous guest, Julie Hazel. Speaking of which, if you've enjoyed today's episode, go back a couple of weeks and check out Julie's episode where we were talking specifically about how she works with people's parents, and that's what she specialises in. So go back and check that out. But Julie sent me a lovely message saying, thank you, Terry, for inviting me onto your podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you and thank you for making the experience so enjoyable and rewarding. You are a fantastic host and your podcast brings great value to the industry. Well, I do really appreciate that, Julie. So thank you for that, that message. It's, uh, it's lovely. I do try to bring value to the industry and I do hope most of you listening do gain something from at least most of the episodes. I know that these DVSA ones just sometimes split the audience a little bit. And I know some of my foreign listeners, especially shout out here to Stefan Plus, uh, shout out to him because uh, the foreign listeners don't always get an awful lot from these episodes, but ultimately it is great to have them on. So uh, yes, thank you, Julie, and thank you, Amanda. And all that's left to me is uh, to say to you a lot, thank you for listening and have, a, have an amazing week. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.